Jerry Bader, Show 1035. Yesterday we did a segment, had a conversation about the latest state school report cards, what they mean for choice schools. Very good news. And uh, there's a follow-up on that. The MacGyver Institute has a report today. 2017 school report cards spotlight specifically on Milwaukee, Racine, Choice, and Charter. Of course, those areas have been big in the debate. How successful are uh, choice schools compared to public schools? Of course, Milwaukee has had uh, a longstanding now uh, choice program, and there's often been debate about how kids in those schools perform compared to public schools. How are the public schools doing? Uh, So what MacGyver Institute published today is uh, now that we've examined student achievement as a whole in the state, they want to shine a spotlight on some important subgroups. And they start with the state's biggest district, Milwaukee Public Schools, of course, a long troubled district. And again, you have the whole choice dynamic. So joining us now to talk about that analysis from the MacGyver Institute is Ola Lasowski. Ola, good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. So uh, jump right in. What did you find as you took a look at what the latest report cards say for MPS? So MPS in particular, uh, in that case, they are now the lowest ranked school district uh, in the entire state. They achieved 56 out of 100 points overall, which is 10 points lower than the state average. So definitely still a troubled school district. Uh, There are, unfortunately, a couple more schools that were put in that lowest one-star failing category. Uh, Last year, there were 42 failing schools at MPS. This year, there are 46. So we're not trending in the right direction there. And in those schools, there are about 25,000 kids. Uh, attending those failing schools at MPS alone. So it's still it's still a big problem. Uh, one thing I will point out, there's one more school in the top-ranking category of significantly uh, exceeding expectation. They have four schools with five-star rankings now. Um, but the scope there and the scale there is quite different. There are only about 1,500 kids attending those best schools. Before we move on, let me ask you this. What the DPI cautioned is that there could there's volatility in these from year to year because of recent changes in methodology. And in fact, as I took mm-hmm. it up as I took it up yesterday, a listener sent an email from a Green Bay area principal who was immediately apparently they took a big dip and said, "Look, we're the same school we were last year, and there's methodological yeah. reasons." Talk about that. Yeah, so last year they changed the methodology uh, for the first time, and so that change was what resulted in Milwaukee being pulled off of the failing uh, district list, and you may remember five other school districts, Racine Unified being the biggest one, were put onto that list. So the big change there is they now, depending on the level of uh economically disadvantaged students in the district, if there's a high percentage of poorer children, they're going to weight student growth more heavily than student achievement. So in some cases, like an MPS, because that percentage of disadvantaged uh, students is so high, they actually weight year-over-year growth 90%. So it 
doesn't matter nearly as much if you're still not performing very well as long as you grow year over year, which, of course, is important, but we've kind of made the argument that because of how heavily that weight is, it doesn't really reflect what's going on in our schools. So so what does that say then when we look at the results for Milwaukee this year? So in Milwaukee this year, you know, they so last year they were not even in the lowest five, uh, lowest couple school district rankings. Now they're the lowest one. Uh, their overall score didn't really change that much, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, it's it's done. I think this year we've seen a lot of shuffling around um, of the results. For example, you mentioned Green Bay area schools, uh, Green Bay public schools as a district. This year they gained one point overall, but they fell dramatically in the district ranking. Uh, Green Bay school districts now have the second lowest score in the entire state. Uh, so they're right in between wow. Milwaukee and Racine Unified as a district, and and that, that's a problem. Um, and I would I would argue Ola that uh, we're talking with Ola Sowski of the uh, MacGyver Institute. It's an overlooked problem, and I've brought it up on the air many times. That sadly, Green Bay compares uh, right right in that Milwaukee and Racine. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, one thing that really jumped out to me when I was looking at the Green Bay specific data, especially within the high schools, those high schools, especially East and West, they have some serious problems. Uh, this year in the ranking, the highest ranked high school in Green Bay, Southwest High, they only got three out of five stars. Um, last year, they got two stars, so that school improved just a little bit, but the rest of the high schools either get, they're either failing to meet expectations, they meet few, or they just meet them. So you don't see any really high-achieving high schools in the Green Bay area. Of course, that's an issue for kids down the road. So uh, the release, your, uh, I should say that uh, your, your uh, report here, Racine <laughs> Unified Schools no longer failing, but dot, dot, dot. So what's the but there? <laughs> so the but, dot, 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 is... Even though they dropped off of the failing uh, list as a district, technically, um, they're not trending in the right direction. Whereas last year, they had one school that got that top five-star ranking. This year, Racine Unified has zero schools that significantly meet expectations, or that significantly exceed expectations. Zero. Um, it's, it's just, it's going to continue to be an issue for, for that district and that part of the state. Um, they're kind of getting more squished towards the middle, I would say, whereas that district, those schools were kind of spread out more. Uh, right now, they're kind of meeting in the middle. More schools got exceeding expectations, more got meeting expectations, but in general, they didn't do as well compared to last year. All right, now let's talk public versus choice. You, in, in your reporting, you include the analysis, mention of the analysis, from Dr. Will Flanders of the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, and we had mm-hmm. we had Will on yesterday, and he said yeah. between, between comparable populations of students, showing that students in these schools' choice programs have on average eight to twenty four percent higher student growth. And you were talking about this benchmarks versus growth than traditional right. public schools. There is no disputing, is there? This these report cards are great news for private choice schools. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is one thing that. 
in the uh, education realm, we've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, you know, transparency is very, very important. And so this was a really big benchmark year for choice uh, in particular, for those private choice programs, because so many more of them got actual report cards and got rankings for the very first time. So that's that's really awesome to get to see how they're actually doing. Um, now, one thing that my research did focus on was, unfortunately, more than half of the choice schools that got report cards were not rated on the actual accountability scale. So even though they got report cards and the information is out there, they don't have an actual score with the with the five star scale. And that's simply because it's the first year they're getting a report card. You need at least two years to get them. So, so next year, yeah, we'll, <laughs> next year yeah. we'll get even more data, and and uh, we're ready to dig into that even more. And, and that will be interesting. You also quote uh, Jim Bender, president of School Choice Wisconsin. For all publicly funded students in Milwaukee, 11 of the 15 highest category schools are private schools. In the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program, Bender said, it's amazing. There needs to be more schools in this category throughout all sectors, but it is promising that these schools are already demonstrating success. This is one of these things, though, Ola, as you know, critics of choice programs have, have been trying to suggest that, that, in fact, choice schools underperform public schools. And this, and, and I know we've been throwing competing data out there for a long time, but man, this, this year seems as compelling as anything we've ever had to work with. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right there, Jerry. And I think that we're only going to see even more of that as even more data comes out. One thing that really struck me about MPS in particular, I had mentioned they have only four schools in the top five-star uh, ranking category. Three of those are charter schools. The best school in the district, Carmen, is a, is a charter school. So even where, you know, MPS is going to celebrate and really put the spotlight on those four uh, schools with 1,500 kids, they're not going to talk about all those failing schools, 25,000 kids uh, in MPS alone. And, you know, to me, the biggest takeaway about this entire release is how the data can really make scratch your head sometimes. Uh, there are fewer failing districts. According to DPI, zero overall districts failed right. last year. Yet somehow there are more failing schools. So I think that most people in, in you know the real world would say, well, wait a second, that doesn't really make sense. One part of the release contradicts the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, So even though DPI is going to tell you achievement is up, zero districts are failing, there are, in fact, 50,000 students trapped in failing schools, half of those at MPS. So to put a bow on this, Ola, when we look at these statistics, uh, then the question is, how do we transition this into policy? I am among those who feel that Republicans, while they continue to expand the statewide choice program, probably mm-hmm. a, li- a bit more measured than I would like. Does this? Can we get this to policy where we accelerate that? You know, I would think so. And one area you're going to see this is going to be charters in particular. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned uh, how great charters performed in general uh, of all public, and of course those are public schools, right? They just operate right. under right. different rules and regulations. Uh, 20% of charter schools got that five-star ranking. 
that's remarkable. You don't see that in other areas of this data. And going back to your policy question, that's significant because in this past budget that the governor just signed a couple months ago, that's going to allow charters to open up in different corners of the state where they've never been before. Right now, we only have charters in the bigger cities. Uh, and now any UW system school board who will be able to uh, authorize new charter schools. So hopefully, you know, those rural areas Areas which are very historically underserved, they'll get more access, and you know we can start to see more of those schools uh, with different methods pop up over the state and uh, give some of these kids a chance. Ola Lasowski of the MacGyver Institute, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you for having me.